0: Hello and welcome to John Cook Ministries Podcast. I'm John Cook. Today, in our continued studies on pastoral epistles, 2 Timothy chapter 1, this is lesson 7, and part uh, 1 of this study. We've been going through the pastoral epistles. Uh, you can find all of the videos on this in on my YouTube channel, and if you go there and uh, check them out. But uh, today we want to go to Second Timothy chapter one, and verse one. So if you take your Bible and uh, turn there, and realize this is a study. Whose purpose is to train young men for the ministry. It's also a study whose purpose is to encourage pastors in the work of the ministry because that's our work, that's our responsibility. So, regardless whether you're, and on the other hand, it's just a study of the Word of God. So, this is good for anybody who wants to learn more about the word of god so take your bible and go to second timothy chapter 1 and verse 1 the whole purpose of the book uh, of this chapter i should say is a personal message to a young preacher That young preacher is Timothy, a young man who served with the Apostle Paul and was trained by the Apostle Paul. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 1 says, Paul, an an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. Paul then is the writer of the book. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Notice that as the writer of the book, God chose him to write these things down. Notice that he says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. This was a declaration of his apostleship. Now the truth is, is that there are many who questioned the Apostle Paul in his position or his apostleship. And so Paul was oftentimes in a situation of simply declaring his apostleship and justifying it. He was an apostle by the will of God. You know, if there's one thing we need in our lives, in our ministries, and in our Christian life, if there's one thing we need, we need to know our authority. How can we speak with authority if we don't know we have that authority? And the only authority we have is the word of God. And the position we hold is where God placed us. And we're no more important than anybody else. But it's important that we know our authority. That we may teach and preach the word of God with authority. Colossians chapter 1 in verse 1, we find a very similar statement. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother. Now notice, here's Timothy. The one he's writing in 2 Timothy, is he's uh, talking about in Colossians. And notice he says, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul, again, is declaring his apostleship if you will and this was a special position because this was a position of building the church in its infancy he says according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus the promise of life that we have is called our hope in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So we have what this world is looking for, and that's hope. You realize hope is something that keeps us going in the midst of trials. And when we're faced with death, it is the hope of eternal life that comforts us. And it was God who made that promise. And God cannot lie. And he promised it before the world began, the Bible says. Now, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Our life is in the Savior. That's why we have eternal life. He has eternal life. We have eternal life because of him. And notice that this scripture says your life is hid with Christ in God. He is our life. And without him we have no life. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not only is he the hope of our eternal life, he is the hope of our glory. The hope that one day all the things that have gone on down here, that it will be worth it all. He is my hope. So my hope is not in a what. My hope is in a who. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is my life. This is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. You have eternal life in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So if you have the Son, you have life. If you don't, You don't have life. It's that simple. It's not anything except salvation is a person. Let me write that down for you. Salvation is a person. Should say the person of Jesus Christ. That's our hope. That's our life. And without him we have nothing. In him we have all things. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Let me get a drink here of my coffee. So, we know. By the way, that that business, that word right there. No, no that's the key word. To First John, we know that the Son of God has come. We know that Jesus has come. He's given us an understanding. Not only do we have knowledge, we have understanding that we may know Him. The knowledge we have that the Son of God has come, and we understand that we may know him that is true. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we are in him that is true. So not we know him. We are in him. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the true God and eternal life. This is the knowledge we have as Christians. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. What is that record? Well, this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Listen, life, eternal life, is in Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ is in you, you've received him as your personal Savior, then you have eternal life. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you don't have eternal life. It's really that simple. It's not complicated. God made it so simple that the smallest child could understand it. It's all written out for us in plain words, in the Word of God. So Jesus is our life. These things, he goes on to say, have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, wait a minute. Notice, this is somebody, notice who's addressed here. You that believe on the name of the Son of God. This message is not to everybody It's to those that believe on the name of the Son of God. And what does God want you to know? That ye have eternal life. Have, present tense. And that ye believe on the name of the Son of God. The confidence we have in him is that we have eternal life. And it's guaranteed to us. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So Jesus gave his life for his own, for his sheep. That's Israel in its doctrinal setting in this scripture. But it's for you and me who have trusted him as our personal Savior. So we belong to Jesus. We are his and he is mine. What a wonderful truth. Not only do I belong to the Savior, but the Savior belongs to me. The songwriter said, not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Verse 2 says, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He's writing to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, Paul's son in the faith. He's called unto, my, unto Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 2 says, my own son in the faith. So this is not a physical relationship. This is a spiritual relationship that Paul has. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice, God has a gift for us. Grace. My, what a wonderful thing grace is. Somebody said, grace is God giving me what I don't deserve. And that's certainly true. When it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, God gave him what God chose to give him. And God has given us grace today. You have as a believer, I have as a believer, I have as a pastor, you have as a pastor, I have as a Christian, you have as a Christian, a born-again Christian, grace. God has given me what I did not deserve, mercy. Not only has he given me grace, but God has given me his mercy. That's God not giving me what I do deserve. Grace, God giving me what I don't deserve. Mercy, God giving me what I, excuse me, God not giving me what I deserve. I remember the story I heard as a young preacher. There was a gangster got saved, and the preacher was going to court with him. And he said to him, the preacher said to him, "Uh, shall I pray for justice for you? And the criminal said, no, mercy, man, mercy. I need mercy. I don't know about you, but I know me, and I need God's mercy. Every day of my life, I need God's mercy, and I want it. But you see, this scripture tells me I have it, mercy and peace. That's God giving me what's beyond my understanding. God gives me grace. God gives me mercy. God gives me peace. Think of that. This world is looking for peace. They're always talking about peace. The Bible says they say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. But God gives me peace. It's the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. That's God's peace. That's real peace. And it's the peace that God has given me. Where's this grace, mercy, and peace come from? From God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. God the Father is the source of all blessings. He has given all things into the hands of the Son. And the Son is the access we have to all those blessings. You see, I have, I have righteousness, but it's not mine. I get it through the Lord Jesus Christ. He became my sin so I could become the righteousness of God in him. Verse three says, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers, night and day. He says, I thank God. You know, all our thanksgiving belongs to God and should be given to God. In Revelation chapter seven, verse twelve saying, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Notice, all these things that men count as important, all belong to our God. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might, all of it belongs to our God. What a wonderful, wonderful Savior we have. What a wonderful God we have. It's all of him and none of us. And it's all about him and not about us. He says, whom I serve, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. Paul's heritage was serving God with a pure conscience. Romans chapter 9 and verse 1 says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. What Paul preached, what he taught, was from a pure conscience. What he said, he was simply bearing witness of what God said. In Acts 24 and verse 16, the scripture says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Paul lived to keep his conscience straight. It should be our constant prayer. That without ceasing, he says, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Notice, this is continuous prayer praying and remembering them in prayer. 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, "Pray without ceasing." How can you pray without ceasing? Well, you certainly can't be on your knees all the time. you you certainly can't have your head bowed and your eyes closed all the time but that's proper prayer but proper prayer is simply praying talking to god as a child would talk as a child would talk to their to the to the father or to his parents praying Prayer, when we pray, we are to simply approach it as talking to our heavenly Father. Think of that. My heavenly father your heavenly father Christian cares so much that he's listening for us just to talk to him. I can talk to him in the midst of traffic on the freeway. Probably better talking to him than Yelling at the drivers around me. (laughs) I can talk to him in the midst of sorrow and heartache and heartbreak. I can talk to him in the midst of joy and rejoicing. I can talk to him in poverty. I can talk to him in riches. I can talk to him In the middle of the night, and he hears me and cares about me. This is my God, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer, my all in all. I can talk to him, and he hears me and cares about me. So what we have seen then in this chapter is Paul is the writer, and he's writing to Timothy. And he's saying very personally to Timothy, I'm praying for you. And I want you to know that I'm asking God for his grace, his mercy, and his peace in your life. And I'm doing this constantly, that you might know all that God has for you. Ah, Christian, we have a lot to be thankful for. Well, join us for the next lesson. Till then, God bless.